Chapter Twenty One of the Campfire Girls at Summer Hill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Campfire Girls at Sunrise Hill by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter Twenty One. Goodbye to summer. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye to summer. Esther's plaintive song ceased abruptly, for Betty Ashton, leaning over, suddenly put her hand to her lips, and at the same moment Meg Everett, holding fast to little brother, dropped down on the ground by the girls, with one arm full of early goldenrod and Michaelmas daisies. No use to make Esther stop singing. It won't help matters, Betty, dear. The summer has gone, she exclaimed. Little brother and I have just seen quail whirring about in the underbrush. See, I lay our autumn bouquet at your feet. And she tossed her flowers over to Betty. Where is Miss McMurtry? Betty made a wry face. Gone into town, if you please, to see about some books, school books. Oh, it wasn't because I didn't agree with Esther's song that I made her stop singing. It was because it was so dreadfully true that I felt at the moment I couldn't bear it. You are sorry too, aren't you, Nan? She queried, turning to the girl on the other side of her, who was sewing industriously on a soft blue cashmere frock almost similar in color and texture to the one Betty had at this moment inside her trunk. The gown represented the complete restoration of peace between Nan and Betty. At first there had been some difficulty in persuading Nan to accept it, but after all Betty had been kinder than most of the other girls. Moreover, there had been many other expressions of apology in words and deeds that Nan had accepted and stored away in her heart. I just can't bear to think of it either, she replied slowly, letting her hands rest idly in her lap for a moment. I guess you other girls can't ever know what these weeks in camp have been to me and what a lot I've learned. I hope I ain't going to forget it ever. And Miss Martha says that she is going to try to get them to let me come back to the high school. It will be all right if anyone will trust me enough to give me work to do afternoons. Before replying, Esther Clark put several pine logs and a great bundle of pine cones on the fire around which she and her friends were seated, and the girls were quiet for a moment, watching them sparkle 
and blaze i expect i know nan at least better than anyone else esther answered finally for you see this is the first summer of my whole life that i haven't spent at the asylum scrubbing and cooking and nobody caring anything about my work except that i got it done work this summer has seemed like play hasn't it and i wouldn't be here except for the princess i wonder if i shall ever be able to repay her oh wonder something else esther betty returned ungraciously for references of this kind always made her uncomfortable here comes polly and molly and of course sylvia b will you go find esther and juliet and let us have tea here by the campfire donna and edith will probably be here before we finish suppose each one of us places a stick on the fire and while it burns make a good wish for the sunrise camp hello polly yes sylvia is perfectly right you must not sit down on the ground without something under you yes and you must let her put that wrap over your shoulders the sun will be going down pretty soon and then it will be quite cool polly submitted to sylvia's attentions none too graciously but a moment later turned toward the younger girl you are a trump sylvia she murmured i am sure i don't know what i should have done without you these past two weeks while i will have been ill it is funny how you should happen to know just what to do for people who are sick when you are so young sylvia sat stolidly down next to the speaker i am going to be a trained nurse when i'm old enough that's why she answered calmly apparently not even observing the surprise of her companions you see if i thought i had sense enough i would try to be a doctor but as i haven't i shall just take care of sick people i have already learned a good many things this summer polly whistled and several of the girls laughed i don't doubt it for a moment sylvia wharton polly exclaimed for heaven alone can tell you what you do know but it is absurd to talk about your being a nurse when you will be the richest one of us child perhaps even richer than the princess there was no reply from sylvia only her lips shut tight and her chin looking oddly square and determined for a young girl but then sylvia looked like her father who one must remember was a self-made man and sometimes the daughter also inherits the traits of character that have made the father a success eleanor and juliet at this moment appearing with the tea-things the kettle was hung above the fire on an arrangement of three pronged sticks 
and not until tea was over did the girls or betty remember her suggestion then she handed polly a pine knot first thrust this into the fire polly dear and make a parting wish for sunrise camp betty explained for a few days more you know and we must fold our tents and say farewell to our summer polly quickly thrust her torch into the hottest blaze i wish she said at once her cheeks hot from the closeness of the flames and from her own thoughts that everybody in sunrise camp would promise to forgive me for my foolish behavior two weeks ago and all the anxiety and trouble i caused the camp has given me a new motto this summer that i shall at least try to live up to it reads think first yes and if you had only thought second and asked for your mail at the post office that day after finding betty's money polly you would have had your own fifty dollar prize for the best essay on a summer campfire in the woods molly added in her usual practical fashion and then she gave a little sigh of relief that the money had been paid back to betty without troubling the mother still so far away i wonder if polly is going to be our genius as well as eleanor esther next suggested quietly every campfire club is sure to turn out at least one extraordinary person and of course ours will have two or three then she blushed hotly in her old embarrassed fashion clasping her big hands closely together as betty half laughing at her own suggestion whispered something in her ear juliet field wished the sunrise camp long life and meg that they might keep up their work together in town during the coming winter eleanor that they might spend the next summer together and then betty happening quite by chance to observe a wistful expression on nan's face passed the fifth pine stick to her tell us what you are thinking of nan she said speaking with special friendliness to the one girl who had not had entirely fair treatment at their hands i have an idea you have something special on your mind nan shook her head although she did what was asked of her oh no she explained or at least i am afraid you will think my wish very silly i was just wishing that we were not going back to the village but we're going to spend our winter together amid the snows nan's suggestion was so surprising that everybody stared at her for one almost two minutes before betty spoke very well nan let's stay she returned 
as though making a perfectly ordinary remark i can't bear for esther and me to have to go back alone to our great empty house with mother and father away and no knowing when they may come back there was a catch in betty's voice that her friends understood for mr ashton was again seriously ill and there was no hope of his returning to america at present we can't live in our tents of course but i don't know why we can't build a log cabin and somehow manage to get back and forth to school when the snow comes we can use our big sled you are quite mad betty ashton esther please tie a handkerchief around her lips before she makes us all equally so polly requested for there is no hope of our doing anything so impossible as she suggests and then because she caught an expression almost of agreement on her sister molly's face polly paused almost overcome with surprise molly the sensible molly the practical it was incredible i don't see that betty's idea is so foolish for at least some of us might be able to live in camp this winter molly thinking aloud as she talked for you see the doctor has said that polly must be out of doors as much as possible for the next year and mother writes she would rather not come home at present if we can possibly get on without her for there is something or other going on in ireland that she has not explained to us but she says if she can stay a few months longer it may make a difference in all our futures i believe she would be glad to let us remain in sunrise camp for the winter if your mother and father are willing and we can make things comfortable betty she concluded the mental conception of a group of girls living together in a winter's camp in the woods was evidently too surprising to be grasped all at once for no one else at the moment had anything to say and then esther glancing off across the fields where the soft september haze suggested the approach of twilight exclaimed see there are miss mcmurtry and edith returning from town let us give them our campfire call to welcome them home wo hello for work wo hello for health wo hello for love the ten voices carried the refrain far across the country and somehow the echo returning to them from sunrise hill brought with it the suggestion of even happier days to come the second volume in the campfire girls series will be called the campfire girls amid the snows in this book the history of the girls will be revealed 
under very different conditions more than ever will their life be built around the fire which has always been the center of the home various important changes will take place in the circumstances of the leading characters and mysteries merely suggested in the first story will be developed in the second end of chapter twenty one end of the campfire girls at sunrise hill by margaret vandercook